to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and Julie, I have a question for you today. Oh, okay. What I'm is Julie, sh- by the way. Oh, hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, friend, I'm Julie Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and so she is. What is your favorite friendship television show? Ooh, you had me. I knew you were my friend when you asked me about television, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I also never call it television. Okay. Secondly, <laughs> um, if we're going like real time, I would say my favorite TV show about friendship is A Million Little Things. Are you watching this? I am watching it. Oh, it's so intense. It is. Uh, but I actually watched this show with a group of friends. Like we have kind of put our whole life around Thursday nights where we get together and watch the show. And so that's my current favorite show about friendship. What about Mm. you, since Mm. we're talking about it? Mm. I I don't know about favorite, but I think the most relatable to me was that the 70s show. Oh. Because I lived it. Oh, that was your life. (laughs) Yeah, it was my life. I kind of watched it and went, oh, yeah, I knew you. I was you. I knew you. So it was very relatable to me. That's funny. Mm -hmm. I do think a lot of people, if you ask that question, they would say friends. Like oh, the yeah. actual show, Friends. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love the show, Friends? I don't want to be friends with somebody who doesn't love the show, Friends. <laughs> I think I've said Friends 15,000 times. I think you have. Which well, this is, episode is going to be about Friends, so it's okay, it right? Is, it is. And, you know, that is what we're going to unpack today. Friendship is something that everyone wants and needs. We need to have people in our lives that we can share our life with that, you know, that love us exactly the way we are and who we are. There is maybe some drama around girl friendships. I've known girls who say, oh, I can't be friends with girls. It's just too hard. It's too much. And it can be. It totally can be. It can be. But that's a little bit of a cop-out because the truth is, is we women need other women in our lives because there's something special about a connection between two women. Because we get each other, we understand each other, and we can encourage and push each other in meaningful ways. Yep. So if we want friends, then we want to look for other people that have qualities that we like, that we hope are in ourselves. What what would you, if you're looking for a friend, Julie, what are you looking for? What kind of traits do you want them to have? That's a great question. And yes, you should be looking for friends. So if at first you're thinking, <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need friends. It's a lie. <laughs> it's not true. You do need friends. And I think that's a really good starting place to consider. What do I look for in someone I want to share life with and do life with? Because that's ultimately what a friendship is about, sharing and doing life together. I think it starts with common interests, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. often a starting place. Yep. So you're going to meet your friend maybe at the gym or, you know, at a, a club you're a part of or your child's school. Mm-hmm. Those are common things that you have. But beyond common interest, I think you need mutual respect, Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's hard to be friends with someone who disappoints you and you know you can't respect the way they make decisions or the things that they involve themselves in. That's hard. Things they stand for, yeah. Yeah. So I think respect is on there. I think honesty is huge in a friendship, in any relationship. Any relationship. Honesty is absolutely one of the most important things. And if you can't be honest with someone or if you can't let them be honest with you, Mm -hmm. the friendship didn't go very deep. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that honesty, honesty has to be coupled with vulnerability because a relationship doesn't work if just one of you is willing to be honest. <laughs> like I'm sitting here and I'm sharing all of my stuff and I'm being so honest. And if the other person is not sharing anything, you literally feel taken advantage of. Yeah. You feel just a little bit naked in that conversation. Yes. yes. You do. Nobody wants a naked friendship um, <laughs> or you want a mutually naked friendship. I don't know. This example has just gotten weird. <laughs> So honesty, vulnerability, but mutual trust, right? Yeah, you can't be vulnerable or honest with someone you can't trust. Because if you are those things, you're sharing your heart of hearts. You're mm-hmm. trusting that they're going to try to understand you, that they are not going to judge the things you say. Now, they may encourage you in some of your choices or some of your attitudes, but they're not going to go tell somebody else mm-hmm. or they're not going to immediately tell you why you uh, are wrong. They're, you're going to trust them with this information. I think the last thing I would add to this list of what you're looking for in a friend is forgiveness. Because mm. I'm always going to jack something up. <laughs> and so is somebody else. Yeah, not me. Oh, that's <laughs> no. why you're such a good friend. No, that's not true. <laughs> every one of us. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Can't trust that one. Um, no, every one of us do that, Julie. Every one of us will cause someone else's hurt, even unintentionally. And sometimes, you know, it's not that it's intentional, but we will be hurt. So we attack back. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yes, forgiveness is really important. Yeah. And these characteristics have to be present in a relationship and a friendship. And and every friendship and relationship is going to have some unique qualities to it because like we've talked about in lots of different ways on this show, every personality is different. Every person is different. And so the way you interact with your friends might look a little different based on some of the things that you're bent to, or you are, you know, you tend to as a person. So I tend to have lots of friends. You may have noticed our. Yeah, you have a tribe. <laughs> I mean, you could probably create your own college. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do have lots and lots of friends, but then I have a a smaller group of friends who know all the things. There are people who think they know all of my things, right? (laughs) Oh, that's a whole thing. But then there are those that I'm fully, totally vulnerable and open with and get all of the Julie Graham. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I think that's true of everyone. They have to have those few. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't really believe, Julie, that, you know, your closest friendships are, you're not going to have that many. Mm. You're only going to have a handful, just a few of people that you know you can trust them and they feel the same way about you. Um, and that doesn't come very often. Yeah. And you treasure that. Yeah. And that's okay. I know I've talked to people who have said like, oh, I don't really have a best friend or, you know, I don't have very many close friends. Um, and people will say it to me, oh, I don't have as many friends as you do. Well, the, the number doesn't matter. It's the quality that matters. Absolutely. So I think that you don't need to compare your friendship ratio with anybody else's. You need to know what is important to your life, the relationships that will help you be better and they be better too, and be okay that you may know a lot of people, but you only have a couple of really great friends. Here's a complete sidebar that's not on the outline. Do you think you can have a close friendship with a guy? Mm, I think girls can have a close friendship with a guy. I don't think boys can be friends with a girl. <laughs> okay, interesting. What makes you say that? Because <laughs> boys, they're if they're around you a lot and they want to be around you a lot, their emotions are like pretty you. simple. They, oh. you know, they fall. <laughs> they do. You know, I'm probably completely politically some kind of incorrect here, but I can't wait for Dan to listen to this and tell us if it's true. Yeah. 
I think he would agree with me on that. I think he would say the same thing. It is hard for a man to not involve his emotions with a woman when she involves her emotions with him. Interesting. Well, now that you're saying that, I think that there are probably some personality types among women that would also struggle with that same thing. But then I think there are probably some personalities of women, probably myself, who could be friends with all the people and be like, no, we're just friends. And then realize three years later, oops, he was probably in love with me. My bad. (laughs) Yeah. So be careful of those friendships, ladies, because you got these men's hearts in your hands. Totally. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode is because we realized that something that can be difficult in a woman's life is the fact that friendship changes a lot. As we get older, as we enter different seasons of life, as circumstances change in our lives, and that can be hurtful when a relationship changes, but when we can understand that it's normal and going to happen and happens to everyone, it can take a little bit of the sting out and help you to process those things when they do in fact happen to you. Yeah. And it can be as simple, Julie, as your stage of life. Let's say you're single and you're hanging out with all your single friends and then one by one they get married Mm -hmm. and their life is different than yours now because they have this other person that expects and should have their attention because they're developing a new relationship. They're developing a foundation of a family. So what does that do for you as the single girl still? Her interests are different or her focus is different than Mm -hmm. yours. That doesn't mean that you're not still friends. That just means that you don't have the same common things in life anymore. Yeah. I I mean, I remember, so my um, late husband, when we first got married, I was one of my only friends who was married. And I remember that pull of, well, I need to be with my husband and I want to be with my friends, but I do, like you said, I needed to be developing my relationship with my new husband. And then after he passed away... I'm in a season where I do have free time again and I am spending time with girlfriends. And I've even said to some of them um, lately, like, I love how we're spending time together, but no offense. My goal is to eventually have a guy again that I spend my time with. So like, let's enjoy it while we can because it will change if God is to bring another man into my life. And so that's natural and normal and healthy and good. And that does not mean you discard these friendships. It just may mean that they shift Mm -hmm. their place in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's one natural shift. Um, I think also maybe becoming a mom is a very common seasonal shift that happens in friendships. So when your friends start having kids and you either do or don't, and it's not the same, I mean, just the way you spend your time is so different. You know, Julie, there's also just time management that women run into. They may have had time for a relationship, but now they are working full time and caring for their family and trying to fulfill their other obligations. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, that God's put something on their heart they know they're supposed to pursue. So it's, it's involving their emotions. It's involving their time. It's involving their resources. So they don't really have time to invest in that friendship that they did before. That changes. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that the friendship doesn't matter. It just means there's something new in your life that needs your attention and space. I think sometimes it's hard to, we want everyone to be our best, best friend. And like we said before, that's (laughs) really rare. So it's really okay to have different kinds of friends. Mm -hmm. You may have someone who is an acquaintance you don't know that well. You may have someone who is in your friend group 
So you do things together. Yeah. You may not confide in one another, but you hang out together. Yeah, I think of it as you have your friend group. That's maybe who you do your social outings with, but that doesn't mean you would even want to necessarily spend one-on-one time with all of the people in that group. But that's, you know, your social hang, the people you do fun things together. But then there's that next step that is your group of close friends that know you more intimately. They know your stuff. They they can ask you hard questions and share deep things with you. Those are your closer friends. Um, one thing we need to remember is not everyone is your best friend. And really, that's okay. You know, I, I, I think best friend is an overused term that creates a lot of tension and hurt for a lot of other people. My little boy, he's four and a half now, and he does actually get himself in trouble at school by wanting to say to every little kid, you're my best friend or be my best friend. And so we've had lots of conversations of, you don't have to have a best friend. Your mom is your best friend. Let's be clear. <laughs> and and just be friends with everyone. And so I, I think you're right. There's almost this societal pressure that you've got to have that one best friend. And it's super rare. Somebody just needs to hear today that not every other chick has a best friend. And that's okay. I, I'm actually coming into a season of my life where I, I don't know that I would necessarily name one best friend. But I, I definitely have, you know, that inner circle of people who know all of my things. And I'm good with that. Yeah. And I think it's important because friendship is so vital to our lives. I think it's important that we know how to nourish and maintain these friendships. So I think we need to talk about that a little bit, Julie. If you want that relationship, where do you need to start? Where, what do you need to do to make sure it's healthy and good? Yeah, I mean, I first think you need to evaluate the people that are in your life and, you know, really determine how much time do I have and who do I want to give it to and who do I want to invest in? And then once you've kind of made that decision of who are the people I want to give my cherished most valuable resource to, which is your time, you've got to figure out, okay, why am I friends with this person? What is that common bond um, that has us together? And, And why do I want to develop my relationship with this person? Yeah, and that often is from... Um, your common ground, your current place in life, that you're sharing this life at this time with that person because you're going through a lot of the same kind of things. Yeah. And and you can respect one another, like we talked about earlier and appreciate each other and, and understand where the other person is coming from and the, and the current season they find themselves in. And, and you almost have that mutual agreement of, I want to spend time with you. And some, some weeks or months, that's going to be easier than others. But there's that understanding of, I'm not ignoring you when I get busy. You, you're important to me. Um, and you kind of work that through together on how to make time for one another. Well, and I think sometimes that's a conversation, you know, instead of just letting a lot of time go by where you haven't connected, you know, shoot a message to him, shoot a text to him and say, I miss you. My life is crazy. Want to, want to catch up maybe next week or maybe the week after that, but no, I love you and I miss you. Yeah. And I think that those are some of your friends that, you know, you're close with when you can send that that text, that video app. I mean, there are so many apps now, Dar, that really do make long distance friendship doable. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's the Voxer or FaceTime or somebody just told me about a new one called Marco Polo, where you can send actual videos to friends. Yeah, totally to check it. that out because you know me in video. Um, <laughs> but the friends who aren't offended by that message of, hey, I'm busy, but I love you and I want to catch up with you next September, then <laughs> you know that you're actually close. When I get that from somebody and I think, ah, oh, I feel the same way. There's like that mutual understanding of, yes, I love you, 
but my life is just cray right now. Yeah. And I think the ultimate test of friendship, real friendship, Julie, is can it span those distances, whether it's a different town, whether it's just time constraints, if you can span that those differences and say, you don't talk for a month and then you sit down and go, okay, we have two hours, mm-hmm. talk fast. Yeah. We're going to catch up on everything <laughs> that you that has happened in your life. Those friendships endure. Yeah, totally. Well, but then there's the other side of this coin that there are going to come situations and seasons where you recognize that you don't have that mutual respect or common interest or ability to be honest or vulnerable anymore in this relationship. And things have changed. And that means your relationship needs to change. That happens, right, Dar? It does. It really does. Again, I've lived about 1,012 years so far. So (laughs) I can tell you that there are seasons of friendships. And some of them do transcend all of time. So probably when, you know, I'm in the nursing home, if they happen to be in the nursing home with me, we'll go, hey, let's catch up. Um, But there's a lot that really are in an individual time or they became so dysfunctional that you knew they had to end, that you knew you had to walk away from this friendship because it wasn't healthy for either one of you. So relationships can end or change for lots of different reasons. I mean, maybe it's a physical move that takes you away from someone and just the sheer fact that you're no longer in the same place anymore, it makes it hard for your relationship to continue. We're not necessarily talking about that, although it does happen and it can be sad, but that's just a natural transition that happens. But I think what we're talking about a little bit more here is when you recognize that the relationship has changed for more significant reasons, that there is that loss of mutual respect or common interest or trust. And how how do we go about walking away from that relationship? Do you just let it go? What do you think? Well, not always. I mean, sometimes it can be a movement. It can be, okay, we're no longer best friends, but we can be friends. Or we're no longer close friends, but we can be group friends. That we can coexist, but that intimate, you know, my heart and where I'm at in life and they know yours is something of the past. And Julie, one thing I want to stress is that isn't always something that is a problem for either one of you. Mm -hmm. That's often just a place that you find yourself in life for whatever reason. And the best thing to do is go your separate ways in a positive way. In a mutually respectful way. Yeah. So sometimes there's a conversation and sometimes it just kind of naturally happens. Have you ever had to have a conversation like that? I have. I've had a few of them. I'd love, I'd love to say no, but yeah, I've had a few and a few couple that actually ended up being very healthy. You know, one, the friendship was restored because we both could share our hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, we both had been hurt and the conversation led to a full restoration of a stronger friendship. And then another one that we just kind of went, okay, your way, my way, we'll just go our separate ways, but we still like each other. We can hang over dinner and that was fine. And then I had the one that I thought we would be sitting in the nursing home together. And it went so far South that I lost my relationship with her. Yeah. I've only lived 506 years. (laughs) So that's half of your life. And so I've had relationships over the years that have changed for a variety of reasons. And so I can kind of understand some of those different seasons and experiences. And I feel like I've had some similar experiences to you and you learn from each of those things. You know, you take, you take the good and the bad and the hard and the easy and the, the, 
all of those pieces from each of the relationships that mean something to you and you carry them into your next relationship, your next friendship, whether the relationship endures and like you said, can be restored or it's one of those harder, sadder ones that ends up completely disappearing um, because of both parties involved, there's something to be taken away from it. And it, it really does benefit your future friendships because you learn from what happened or didn't happen in that other friendship. Yeah. And I think that it's recognizing when these changes need to take place because it's hard. You've been a friend for a long time and you're looking at that that relationship you thought would last forever, but you're recognizing there are some problem places. So, you know, if you, if you are at a place where you've lost respect for one another, where the choices that you've made or they've made, you know, have distanced you, um, you may need to say, well, maybe this friendship is not one that will endure. Yeah. And if, like you mentioned, having some hurt in your relationship, and if that's something that you're either not willing to share or you share and it isn't received with forgiveness and honesty, then you know that's not a healthy relationship that you need to continue to give yourself to. And for your own emotional health and well-being, you do have to cut ties from that person so that you can continue to be healthy in your other relationships. Yeah, and I think it's hard for us to recognize, Julie, that a friendship we thought was a good and healthy one that it actually was creating more harm than good, where it was hurting more than building up. And, you know, I think when you're young, friendship is a little more non-defined and <laughs> you can go, we can be friends, all's good. And then you realize this person you've been friends with for a while may actually be hurting you. Mm. They may actually be um, bringing you down or making you question or doubt yourself in things that you should not question or doubt. Not in things that you should, because good friends also call you out. Absolutely. You know, good friends, they absolutely tell you when you're heading down the road, you shouldn't be headed down and they love you through it. But then they're the ones who do just bring you down. Okay. So say you're listening and you're realizing, okay, there is a friendship that kind of based on what we've talked through, doesn't sound like it's healthy for me anymore. What are some practical words to that woman who needs to pull away from that friendship? How does she know it's time and what are some things she needs to do? When the tension can no longer be ignored, when it has become so uncomfortable that it just permeates your time together. It mm -hmm. just feels awkward all the time. You know, instead of fueling that fire and causing you know, more problems and more tension. It Maybe may, in other relationships, probably. Yeah. And yeah, it'll affect the other friendships that you both have. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, a real sign that this may need to be let go. And how do we do it? Well, we start moving away. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there needs to be a conversation with that person? Yes. With do every I, person? Huh? With every person? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> it is so true because... You know, you want to resolve things, but sometimes things are not resolvable and it's better for it to die a natural death, as they say, <laughs> um, because all it would do by going back and trying to, to fix it or mm -hmm. talk it out, it just kind of opens wounds that need to be closed. Yeah. I think part of the deciding factor with whether or not there needs to be a conversation or if you just let it have the natural death, which I just have this picture of like this animal dying naturally. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm such an animal buff. I think part of that goes to what's the history? What's the length of time? What's the level of closeness been? I mean, if it's somebody that's just in your 
you know, friend group that you kind of want to distance yourself from. I don't think there needs to be a conversation, but if it's someone who's been one of your closer friends or that intimate best friend, and there have been these shifts, I think most of the time that conversation needs to happen. And just friend to friend, you know, friends here to friend there. Sometimes those conversations will go really well. And sometimes they just won't. It's true. But I totally agree, Julie, because in life, dealing with issues rather than avoiding them Mm -hmm. is really important. So if you can have that conversation, even if it does not go the way you wish it had, um, you you need to step up. More often than not, you need to step up. Yeah, sometimes just uh, having that conversation, even if it ends poorly or not the way you hoped, it provides that closure that you're looking for so that there's no confusion <laughs> that, you know, yes, the relationship has changed, the friendship has ended. If for nothing else, at least we're on the same page with that. And then you can go on. And like I said before, take those lessons into your other relationships that you now have more time and space and availability to give yourself to. And these conversations, Julie, aren't the platform to put all the hurt on the table. They're not the ones to say, yeah, but you didn't. No, but you didn't. Yeah, but, you know, there are those discussions within it. But the best thing to do is be respectful and cordial with one another. You know, treat each other with kindness and even honor as you talk through things. And yeah, you might talk about what your perception was at that time, but don't do it in such a way that you just whipped out the knife and you want to make sure they're feeling the effect of it. Oh, yes. And definitely don't be the one who then goes back to the shared friend group and shares all the gossip. Let's just call it what it is. Repeats all of the things, unpacks everything that was said and not said. We don't want to be those girls. No. No. We do not. because It's easy, but it's not the right thing. No, it's not. And the truth is, most of the time, your mutual friends, you know, whomever you have been friends with and you feel that that relationship is going south, you probably have common friends. Mm -hmm. You have other relationships that are friends with both of you. You don't want to harm that. No. No. So in that case, if if one of those common friends is asking questions, then this is your opportunity to be a woman of grit and grace and say, you know what? We've talked about that and you know, we've said our piece and we've moved on. Let's talk about something else. Absolutely. There's time not to share information yeah. and this would be the right one. All right, Julie, as we're talking through the unhealthy friendships, the healthy friendships, the close ones, the everything in between mm-hmm. um, from acquaintance to best, I think we need to recognize no friendship is perfect. Oh, absolutely not, because it's made of two imperfect people. It is two imperfect people building a relationship that can be perfectly wonderful, but not always right. Yeah. So if we go into any friendship on any level, expecting perfection from the other person, we're always going to be disappointed. And we're probably going to be one of those women who's ending lots of relationships. So let's just not be that chick who's expecting perfection from any friendship or any relationship. But know that friendship does add value to your life. It should be nurtured and cherished and is certainly worth your time and attention. Yeah, because who doesn't want somebody that they can be vulnerable with? They can laugh with, they can cry with, they can share life with. Julie, that is truly priceless. Well, I want to put in the show notes links to a couple other episodes where we talked about friendships. Actually, one of our very first episodes was Grit, Grace, and Girlfriends, How to Have Healthy Relationships. That was episode three. Um, We'll also link to episode 31, Great Friends, Nine Qualities to Be One and Find One. Mm. But ultimately, we hope that you go home and maybe text a friend. 
Text text a friend the link to this episode, right, Dar? Yeah, go listen to it together. <laughs> Aw, that would be cute. Yeah. Um, hey, what's our quote to end this episode on friendship? Because that's how we roll here at This Grit and Grace Life. This quote's by Henry Ford. My best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. So here's to another week of Grit, Grace, and Girlfriends. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.